Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 184. Ra, ra, ra. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play a message from someone whose name is cut off after the first syllable, ra. The message is two seconds long and comes from the spring or summer of 1990. Let's listen. Hi, Paul. It's right. Assuming this is a woman's voice, there are many possible names that begin with the sound Ra. But looking to the Social Security Administration's list of most common names from the 1960s, which would be the time when a college student from 1990 was born, the top three possibilities are Robin, Rebecca, and Rhonda. I do have another message from Robin Chopes, who I am hoping to interview soon, but the voice on this recording sounds different from that one. This leads me to once again improvise, this time riffing on the sound Ra. The first association would be the Egyptian god of the sun, which inspired Afrofuturist musician Sun Ra whom I discussed seeing at the Chicago Jazz Fest way back in episode 12. If I think of last names that begin with the sound Ra, the first that comes to mind is French symbolist painter Odilon Redon, whom I associate with the only person I knew that had the same given name, Odilon Cousins. Odie lived in the same building as me during this time period, the one we called Ship of Fools because it was long and narrow with nothing but studio apartments. At some point, Odie gave me a large box of Fleischmann yeast, which set me on my multi-year journey of learning to bake bread. The guide I used for this venture was the Tassahara Bread Book, by Edward S. B. Brown. The last syllable of Tassahara is Ra. So let me conclude this improv and turn to the origins of this influential cookbook. The Tassahara bread book came out of the curious popularity of Zen Buddhism in San Francisco of the 1950s. Here, it had an influence on beat writers like Allen Ginsberg, Gary Snyder, and Jack Kerouac, who found in Zen a critique of American consumerism and conformity. According to sociologist J.W. Coleman, although the beat's interest in Buddhism is sometimes attributed to lectures given by D.T. Suzuki, while a visiting scholar at Columbia University in the mid-50s. In fact, these San Francisco-based writers had begun reading about Zen much earlier, going to the library to check out books by authors such as Alan Watts, who wrote The Spirit of Zen in 1936. Watts moved from Britain to San Francisco in 1951 and started giving popular weekly talks on KPFA in 1953. 
It's also noteworthy that one of the lesser-known beat poets, my late friend Tram Combs, was a veteran of occupied Japan, where he embraced the local culture, studying Zen poetry, ikibana, and even dating a local Japanese woman, although he was gay. When Tram returned to San Francisco in 1946, he brought his enthusiasm for Japanese culture with him, and even met his first boyfriend at the Japanese tea garden. San Francisco also had a community of Japanese Americans who practiced Buddhism, and in 1959, the Zen monk Shunru Suzuki arrived from Japan in order to teach at a Zen temple that served this community. When he arrived, a few European Americans had already begun attending, but after his arrival, the membership of these non-Asians rapidly expanded, and some of these members established the San Francisco Zen Center in 1961. In 1967, the Zen Center purchased Tassajara Hot Springs, which had been a mountain retreat south of Carmel Valley since the late 19th century. The summer before this acquisition, a 21-year-old Edward S.B. Brown began working as a dishwasher at the resort and soon learned to cook and bake as well. When the Zen Center arrived, Brown became the head cook at Tassajara while also studying Buddhism with Suzuki. During this time, he developed connections between the practice of meditation and the process of baking bread, which led to the publication of the first Tassajara bread book in 1970. The book's tremendous success led to a second edition in 1986. This was the edition I had. The golden cover contained an illustration of a figure sitting cross-legged amid mountains with a variety of breads in their lap. In the introduction to this second edition, Brown writes, I am not a great baker and I do not promise that you will become a super baker by using this book. This is not the point. I do not bake to be great. I bake because it is wholesome. I feel renewed, and I am renewing the world, my friends and neighbors. Most of us bake in this way. Put another way, the joy of baking comes not just from the final product, but the activity itself. And what made the book distinct was the detailed explanations of the baking process, including the use of numerous drawings. All this was very helpful as I set out to bake bread for the first time. Unfortunately, my initial efforts were confounded by a poorly calibrated thermostat in my 1950s era oven. I soon discovered that an oven thermometer was essential if I wanted something other than charcoal-encrusted bricks. Over time, my skill improved, and my creations became more appealing. 
Because the largest expense in bread baking comes from the yeast, and I basically had an endless supply, for as long as I lived in that Hyde Park studio apartment, I baked my own bread. The pages of my Tassahara bread book became stained by dough-covered hands and began to fall from the paperback binding. I baked bread in the middle of sweltering Chicago summers, with nothing but a box fan to cool me down. The regular delight of tasting a fresh-baked loaf turned me into a bread snob. To this day, I find shelf-stable supermarket bread disgusting. Of course, I didn't just bake bread. I made muffins, sweet rolls, cookies, and cakes. My visitors were always in for a Tassahara treat. One of my specialties was the carrot cake, which required tediously grating three cups of carrots. But this made the final product super moist. As the book describes it, rich with butter, oil, and sugar, richly scented with cinnamon, allspice, and nutmeg, and richly filled with carrots, raisins, and nuts. Rich, rich, rich. Yet it tastes so wholesome. Edward S. B. Brown went on to write many more cookbooks and books on spirituality, and now teaches at the Peaceful Sea Sangha in Fairfax, California. If you want to share something wholesome or unwholesome with me, go to my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.